the year is 2008. It's the 16th of April. Hope your taxes are in. And we're uh, <laughs> and you're wasting away on the North I gotta Coast. go, guys. I'll be back later. Uh-huh. And this is Schmo. Michigan Mike. Greg. <laughs> Mickey. Scott. And our sponsor, Blanchard Lager. It's not really a sponsor. It's more, that, it's more like we sponsor them. <laughs> I think so. We're in our season finale here at the Sign of the Zodiac, Racket and Health Club. Season up. finale. And they still don't give us Not series for finales. <laughs> no. Just Some our, of you might have cheered there for a minute. Just our season. <laughs> I don't know what to call the season, but golf season starting. Four. So the inside recreation season's ending, and we're... Uh, we're saying goodbye to Zodiac till the fall. Well, uh, I don't know. Do we have anything for the gospel from the coast? There's not a lot of uh, news this week. I guess everything's uh, like in a holding pattern until next week when Jimmy starts the full-fledged concert tour for Year of Still Here. The first concert is Monday, April 21st in Texas. Then after that, he's got a show on Thursday, which is the 24th, and Saturday, the 26th. And then a concert on the following Tuesday, April 29th. Then after New Orleans Jazz Fest he t- on May 3rd, he takes uh, the entire month of May off. And uh, the other thing to look for is Michael Utley can now be seen in Blu-ray when Image Entertainment releases Roy Orbison's Black and White Night on July 8th. The disc is already available as an HD DVD release, but now Blu-ray owners can get a chance to see that concert on July 8th. Cool. That's pretty cool. And then, well, should we talk about our worlds colliding? Well, we talked about our Roger Klein experiences last week. And uh, meanwhile, I think after our podcast, then Roger went off to Denver. And uh, during the show, Roger had this to say. Is there anybody here, i got to ask this, is there anybody here seeing us for the first time? We've got applause. Now, everybody knew, we hope that you just meld into the fold because this is the finest rock and roll audience on the planet. Pound for pound, we get more support than, from, from all of you than Jimmy Buffett might, than Sammy Hagar might, and they're pissed off. Jimmy called me the other day, he's like, don't you ever fucking throw a concert in the town that I'm going to be in on the same night or I'll kick your ass. I was like, Bring it on, James. So that was kind of the uh, peace heads calling out the parrot heads a little bit there. I wonder if Jim. Well, it doesn't sound like Jimmy actually did call him. No. Well, we have to yeah, ask. I think, him. No. I think that was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can imagine Jimmy making a crack like that. Yeah, that's sort of. It's it a sounds like crack. something yeah, he'd say. I don't know if you know Rogers in a speed dial or anything. So. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But then, uh, but what if Jimmy did do that? He went ahead and went to Roger Country and held this concert in Glendale while we were recording our podcast last week. Jimmy was given a live concert in Glendale for the opening of Margaritaville Cafe. I'm going to rag on myself here. I've been in almost every podcast. I listen to every one before we record the next one. And I apparently don't listen to what everybody says. Because <laughs> I just thought it was the whole band giving a concert. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised when I got to listen to it that it was just Jimmy and Mac. And as I listen to podcasts, there's Mickey... <laughs> Saying it's Jimmy and Mac. Joe practices. I don't listen live. I only listen with us. I only listen to you guys when you're recorded. But I don't listen to you when you're in front of me. And part we have that. (laughs) Did you say something? You just called me a dick. So that's where. I'm sure that's how it came about. I mean, I think Roger is more aware of Jimmy than Jimmy is of Roger. Right. But there is some connection there, so you never know. Maybe he was in town. But it's, it's for the opening of a Margaritaville restaurant, though, right? 
right? So I mean, it's not not like it's a yeah. like a concert appearance. Like if a Roger was about to purchase that land for the Mexican moonshine restaurant, <laughs> and that's when the feud begins. And you know, Roger does have to open up restaurants. Is Nick's opening up uh, Jungle Java's? Yeah. Yeah, the bass player. Well, it's like a pita place, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's well, it's pita jungle or something, but I assume it's like Jungle Java's, which we have here in Michigan. When the hell did this become the Roger? Yeah, 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 you didn't go to the bathroom. Yeah, I enough. thought for sure it was going to be all Jimmy Buffett to make up for the epic yeah. Roger. I did have on my agenda when Mick goes to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have it right here, but he didn't even go. When am I supposed to go to the bathroom? Oh, whenever you do, it's floating around. If oh, I thought maybe it had times on So that back to the Glendale really show. Glendale, Glendale, Arizona, exactly. which is funny yeah. when you go to the Now, bathroom. I'll be honest with you. I didn't listen to it all from beginning to end. but I. So what did you listen to? Probably the first two and a half songs, and then I skipped around. And to me, it was just cookie cutter. It was the same old, same old. I did, well, see, I just standard eight were Because it was acoustic. And and Mac was really shining. But maybe I can't get over the fact what when I I liked Anguilla so much after I ripped on it. (laughs) Maybe that sore spot here. Yeah. So that that acoustic thing doesn't. You know, it's already been done. So we can never perform acoustically. Well, he's got to play some different songs. Why does he go to if he's going to do something special like that? To me, he needs to go out of his box. Why? Well, why that wasn't special. That was that was the opening of Margarita, right. which is like mainstream. So he's got to play all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yes. see, but see, I disagree because the the people aren't necess- the people were coming to the opening or whatever, and like Buffett was a bonus to me. So he he's not. People aren't paying two hundred dollars for tickets, like they're paying you know for him to come to a concert. The drunk people want to hear the standard song. To me, that's a with him, just him and Mac, that's a perfect time to go into the well because he has not a lot of opportunities to go into the well because he doesn't do that that often, like Paris. You know, when he went to Paris, I think I think it's the opposite. I think that crowd was like the Palace of Auburn Hills, where our Detroit Pistons play. It's a bunch of people that some of them probably didn't even know who Jimmy Buffett that's, was. That's right. Hardly, they know Jimmy Buffett. They think they know Jimmy. Buffett. It's a new restaurant in the it's, area. It's, hey, it's by this. This is the guy. This is the crowd that goes to the auto show premiere. You know, this, that's what this is. If it's expensive, you know, this is like some grand open. This is invitation only. Not what do you know? What do you yeah, like? Yeah, but see, it is but he did play mainstream. Only, I'm sure he did play most. He did play mainstream. There were a couple people that were barking out the song as he was kind of like feeding them lines. Well, I was going to get to that. He opens with changes in latitudes, and that's okay. Max mm-hmm. guitar works good. Pencil thin mustache. Yeah. Okay. Boat drinks. He kind of asks everybody to yell out the song. And I never heard the word boat or drinks. No. <laughs> and then he yelled out Margaritaville. Yeah, yeah. And he said, oh, you guys know and everything. But no, nobody <laughs> said boat drinks. Not one person. And what are you going to have when you finish your ski run? They got it. There's a high IQ percentage in this crowd. <laughs> he was trying to introduce it, and they had no idea. None. They don't. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people never heard the song before, <laughs> even though it is on songs you know by heart. But the, that the the first three, what I what struck what me most was Max guitar playing, and I liked the banter. He was much. I relaxed. love the banter. That yeah. was great. I 
uh, to to go along with what Scott was saying, when I first saw the set list, I was very disinterested in hearing it. Then once I actually started listening to it, it's like, this is a kick-ass show. Jimmy's having a blast on stage. Yeah, he was He's joking with relaxed. the audience. He's joking with Mac. It was great. To be honest, I think I paid more attention to the first minute of each song. Yeah, kind of. That, that was the bannering portion, and then the song was played, yeah. and it just went numb. You know, well, it was, what was unique about the songs was Max playing. Yeah, it was it was really cool to hear, to hear the yeah. songs stripped down to just two guitars. Yeah. So I just I just cruised through those first three, and I started cruising later on. I did hit some more songs, but just for the banter because I knew I was running out of time. The to banter's listen to this. good at the beginning. But uh, mm-hmm. the fourth track though they play is uh, Grapefruit Juicy Fruit, and we talked many times here we've heard that song enough but I thought that was a great rendition of that song I mean I really enjoyed it I didn't get there you know the, the, the uh, the guitar work I mean it was all that. clear the, the, the recording's nice I, I really enjoyed that song and I love the banter on the, the next crowd, track the crowd sounded really good on Grapefruit I was impressed they even bent the notes there's the opposite the what saying you're right the next song is it's five o'clock somewhere. I love the banter before the song. Max line about I've always depended on the kindness of Paradise. That was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was good. And Jimmy stopped. You know I really liked that. Yeah. yeah. And then he, he used it. it. Yeah, he used it in the song. That was great. It was perfectly timed and everything. Yeah. Got a big laugh out well, of it. Well, I missed that. You can't help but wonder what would Jimmy? I would always depend on the kindness of Parrot here. Oh yeah. That's it. And then. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't think it sounded the greatest. I mean, the singing was okay. The, the guitar work. I don't know. It made me realize that song is nothing. Yeah. And, the, and it started and it kind out of messed up at the end too. Didn't it? it just sounded funny to me. It started out like a Buffett song, like another Buffett song. The way he the, the intro that he played reminded me. I, I think of like changes or something. Boat drinks, wasn't it? Was it boat drinks? And then uh, volcano was the next song. Volcano was cool. I yeah. liked it. Uh, the uh, the Volcano introduction <laughs> cracked me up, and uh, they played it with like a Chuck Berry rhythm. Again, like it sounded more Chuck Berry than reggae, and I, I like that. Then, uh, then I fell asleep. Volcano. Then you fell asleep last night. I did. Just listening to Come Monday. Was the oh Come Monday's the next one? Now, for a while here, I you will lose me. I don't. Uh, You're gonna stop listening to yourself. Yeah. Well, I never, I never really was. <laughs> After Come Monday, they had transmission problems during Son of a Son of a Sailor, and that was during the broadcast. I thought it, I thought it was like a Radio Margarita problem, but Jimmy was complaining about the PA, so maybe it was live. Um, Brown Eyed Girls next. Again, we're talking mainstream stuff. Yep. Well, he didn't play, he barely played anything uh, down tempo. It was all big up tempo celebratory songs. Yeah. To. Celebratory uh, occasion. Yeah, exactly. Opening up a new restaurant. <laughs> which is ironic because the Cheeseburger in Paradise chain is closing rapidly. Which is the next song. Yeah, they're well, they're they're trying to sell them now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now he had fun with the Cheeseburger intro too. I noticed. Remember he made Mac play it a couple times. Oh yeah, they liked the sound of it. Yeah, it sounded. It, yeah. it did sound yeah, cool. Like that. Okay. They played it with such force yeah. that they played it all over again. Whoa, baby! Whoa! Yeah, all right. <laughs> That just blows me away. It's so powerful. A lot of force. There was a lot of force in that. I, we should do it again. One, two, three, four. 
<laughs> See, Jimmy's oh, all relaxed. This, this, this is the stuff I like. And uh, I like Jimmy's line about his uh, crack about American Idol, a one-way ticket to hell and a bad career. And that, yeah. That's funny. But Mac is no reefer at his background vocals. Can't hold a candle to the oh. to the real background vocals. He's a good singer, but there's no way he can sound as good as the Reeferettes do to, Cheeseburger. To go to my complaints with country music, how is it that every American Idol person ends up at the Country Music Awards? There must have been six contestants on the Country Music Awards. Because they're, they there's make American Idol. Bobby there. Yeah. But they make American Idol because country music artists sing better than other artists. It all that's that's my theory for a long time. I just think, that, you know, when it comes right down to it, like listen to Alan Jackson sing. I'm like, my God, you had to compare it to some. I don't, I don't know who to compare it, like Justin Timberlake or something. But uh, you know, he. I mean, he's hitting his notes, and he's not, like not even trying. Are you blushing? He's <laughs> <laughs> the man crush. He on. likes Alan Jackson. I'm done at any of them. Huh? I mean, that's it was funny because my daughter was catching. It's like, a completely different thing. My daughter had heard some of the names because above it, like Alan Jackson. She's like, "Wait a minute, that's the guy that sings Jimmy Buffett's Five O'clock Somewhere song." I'm like, "No, it's not Jimmy Buffett's song. It's his song that Jimmy Buffett sings with him." Are you yeah. sure? She asked me, "Are you sure?" Yeah. I said, "Remember the line where it says, what would Jimmy Buffett do?'" Well, so I've heard it performed a lot more by Buffett yeah, than yeah. Yeah. band than I have Alan Jackson. Yeah. Well, back to Glendale. Fins. And Fins is next after Cheeseburger. And then what comes in after Fins? I get another copy of Margaritaville. And then one particular harbor. And then I believe it was like an encore, right? Stories we can tell. Mm-hmm. We could tell. Stories we can tell. <laughs> Stories we can tell. There's the one thing that went out of the mainstream. And he played that yeah. solo. Yeah. yeah. And he even you can even hear him tell uh, Mac in the, in the background. Oh, really? I'm gonna try this alone. I said I'm gonna play this one alone or by myself. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, you fired him on the spot. Yeah. I wonder if they had their guitar straps that said somebody and nobody. Well, Jimmy was, was complaying about his guitar strap. He was saying his bra was slipping. Yeah. And then Mac was and, helping him with yeah, it. Yeah, and Mac said that's out of my job description. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess he helped him with it anyway. It sounded like that's what they were doing. I look forward to actually <laughs> listening to the second half. And the audience, you can actually hear the audience laugh at that line. It's it's very rare that you can hear. I shouldn't say rare, but usually all they do is cheer after Jimmy says something. I ragged on the audience about boat drinks, but you're right. Grapefruit, juicy fruit. They were right in step. Well, anyway, I, I had challenged the group. I don't know if anybody did this. Another forecast. Another forecast. It's been a while since we did a forecast. I need to think of this one. But Brian's got papers. I was saying think outside the box, but you're four favorite performances, whether they're first. studio performances, live, anything like that, things you've heard live uh, yourselves, things you have live recordings of, whatever. So Greg can go first. No, I'm not going first. Okay, so I'll go first. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. okay Scott will go first. <laughs> okay, so steal my trying to, <laughs> to think out of the box, because this was related to us, right? It yes. wasn't, I mean, this was our personal thing, we can't rip on Greg or me. Well, you can oh, still can. rip on Greg. Okay. Don't let that stop. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't take that, that off the. That's table like that's like in our charters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, 
Angie Angie concert is in the top four. So <laughs> See, he prefaced that. Yeah, exactly. Look how he set that up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rag him. I should have predicted he was going there, and I didn't. didn't I'm sorry. So that was that's in the top slow. four. This is in no particular order, but I, in my top four as well is and I don't know if it was the the music or I think we just had a good time and I actually drank tequila for the first time in ten years. Was when Jimmy introduced Take the Weather with the radio show. We listened to the radio show. To me, that was a great, like, it was just fun listening to Jimmy's comments, hearing the songs for the first time. That stuck out to me as memorable. And then I just, I would go back to sitting in a Spanish class in detention. First time that I heard Coconut Telegraph and said that was good music, and people would look at me like I was retarded. That was that was nineteen eighty. <laughs> I did not have anything to do with that. Joe, Joe did that just now. Nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> yeah, and I like Buffett. And then uh, then the number one is when Buffett came that week of Fourth of July. And he came three days, and my girlfriend, who now is my wife at the time, we just we rented a hotel, right? You were right, right there. Whoa! Oh. And it was my buddy Darren and his girlfriend at the time. Ooh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we just had a blast. And we went to that concert for three days, and, and we paced ourselves. Nobody got sloppy or ugly. But, I mean, and this is back in the college lean years, so we're, we went and picked bottles in Pine Knob to pay for the next day's alcohol. I mean, <laughs> that was uh, pretty cool. So I guess those are my top four. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw one in there because you mentioned Coconut Telegraph, and I kind of mentioned this with the Live by the Bay video when we were talking about that. But uh, the Josh Leo band years. So I don't have one specific instance of them playing Coconut Telegraph, the song. But that band always they they played that song perfect to me. It just rock. I loved hearing that live. That's one of my. You didn't do your homework, did you? Well, he can oh, yeah. wing it. <laughs> He's waiting for Greg to do. Like a swoop. She's just gonna do one. Not gonna do a little. I'll bounce around. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Mike, you have. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the uh, the first show I ever saw back in the uh, late seventies, like seventy nine, at Hill Auditorium in Ann Arbor. Um, just the whole show. In I was eight years old for the record. <laughs> Thanks for that, Scott. <laughs> and uh, awesome, all the way through. I. I, I Volcano really stands out, um, and uh, it was like Volcano Tour. Wasn't yeah, it? it really was. Yeah, and uh, Hud was there, so that by far was the uh, most. So '79 Volcano yeah. Tour. We did. We did. We got one from Mike. Yeah. Oh, another one, or you want to? Move sure, on? go ahead. Give us. I guess we're doing one. one well, I was just fine. I didn't want to hug. All right, we'll go around. Counterclockwise. All right. You were boom ahead. <laughs> Was all three what? <laughs> Nothing we're here. They're on Roger Klein because I said counterclockwise. <laughs> <laughs> and then we they turn in and make it fun of Greg. Boom, boom, boom. It's just um, way from the kiss because we know it's inevitably going to happen. Actually, what I have down here is the first time I heard one particular harbor. I I, I just really liked that song, and uh, it was a I got high knob nineteen eighty five. That was the first time you played it in concert. It came out in 90, or what was it, 83? September 83. I believe it was 83. And 
It was the Sleepless Nights tour in 85, June of 85, June 26th, or 25th. I had this as one of my four. That's weird. And That's really weird. I, I Maybe just, these two. I know. <laughs> it is kind of gay. Uh, that is gay. It is gay. <laughs> but I just remember that, that was such a good album. I liked the album so much. I was, you know. This was your first concert. This was my first concert. And probably mine. Got into one particular artist. It was just a great song. Because we had over a year and a few months to listen to the thing. Yeah, because so. he did the. He did the acoustic King Kong trio thing like the year before. Right. All right, Meg. What do you got? But the, yeah, that was one of my first. Well, as usual, my my forecast turned into an eight cast because I went through my I my set list site and uh, and checked all the uh, my favorite performances and my number one, although these could all be like tied for first, was uh, Chanson pour les petits enfants, which he played on July fourth, nineteen ninety three. And I really remember that performance just because the song came out of the blue. I had no idea he was doing it. He he just announced it, and it just completely took me by surprise. Matter of fact, you can hear my surprise in the audio clip on my set list site. Yeah. One particular harbor, I had the uh, first time live. So, I'll, like Greg, that's really weird. So I'll say another one was, I always remember seeing uh, Son of a Son of Sailor on Saturday Night Live. Him with the... Uh, yeah. The broken leg, and it was so odd on Saturday Night Live. It was just so weird. And I think wasn't he sitting in a boat or just sitting? Well, he had a backdrop there. Yeah, and uh, I had heard the song before because I had, you know, once ridden in Mike's car. (laughs) So (laughs) that was one I chose. Well, that's three of mine so far. Any others, Mike? Well, I go back to the uh, well, the King Kong Trio thing in in Lansing, Lansing Civic Center. That was pretty memorable all the way through and he did the whole um, he couldn't do um, God's own drunk so he was doing the whole making fun of the lawyers and stuff <laughs> you, I talked to HUD this week and he was going to try to show up and he mentioned two things two of them now that was one he mentioned the Lansing one? yeah the whole did guy. he mention the he didn't mention the first one in 1979 because he was there no no uh, you guys aren't that gay for each other. <laughs> Just a little gay for each other. And uh, there was another one, and I can't—I don't know, even know what year it was. But the, all those years we've been hoping for uh, Livingston Saturday Night, mm-hmm. and uh, he finally, finally, finally well, played it that one. Time. I might as well toss that in. That's on my list, in number two. Oh, okay. God, this is he, performed, he performed it in '93, and yes. as I've said before, I was sending. Um, the occasional letter to the Key West Margaritaville store in hopes that they pass him along to Jimmy. And I would always add a postscript of, please play Livingston Saturday Night Live. And then when he finally did perform it in 93, I took credit for it. It was like my doing that he performed it. So that's why it's number two on my list because I, I would choose to take credit for his playing it. And it was a permanent part of the set list because he played it all three nights in 93. That was a momentous occasion. We yeah, he for put, so long without hearing. He had the Rancho Deluxe um, uh, uh, film clip on the on the screen behind him, and and he was. We're thinking, what's he going toward? What's he, you know, what's he going to introduce? And then finally, it was. It became clear that yes, he really was going to do Louis and Seven Night. Well, my one of my next songs happened at uh, good old Buckeye Lake. I was standing relatively close to a large paper mache volcano that was supposed to just ooze lava during the conclusion of the song. 
the lava came out and was pretty cool looking, and so were the flames when the structure caught on fire, which turned into a rather large bonfire, and it seemed rather out of control. And there, for a moment, I thought, this could get ugly, <laughs> and it almost did. Um, Buffett, however, he just kept playing along and acted like it was all supposed to be part of the show. This large, giant bonfire and kept the crowds from panicking. But it was it was like I was sitting there thinking, people are going to get trampled here. And I'm not very far away from this thing. But it's cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so nothing to do specifically with a performance, a but song, a disaster. but it was a <laughs> almost near disaster occurring. All right, Mick. Well, my next one is also from Buckeye Lake. It was August 5th, 1995, when we had the, uh, Mike remembers this because we were at the show together, and it was when he performed You Can't Always Get What You Want. And Think it, about that. Damn it, that's right. That was <laughs> which was also completely cool. out of the blue. Yeah. The I'm rain. disappointed I did not think of that. It was the aftermath of a hurricane. I have no recollection of the name of the hurricane, but the whole Midwest was was being doused. It rained the entire drive there. Yeah, it rained the entire day there. Just it rained the entire area. concert. Yep. It was just a mud pit. And uh, for the to top it off, Jimmy sang, you can't always get what you want. Yep. I just remember great. looking up at the at the concert lights showing up and the rain just coming down. Eh. I have a fourth, and I actually share with HUD, and I was going to let him have it. So I guess everybody's gay for everybody. But uh, Kings Island, St. Jimmy Buffett. Mm. He had, what, what album is this? Meet Me in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Is that the Florida? The Florida. I was going to say Crayola. Is that what it feels like? No, you know, I thought of that. I was going to use that if HUD, because I really liked the rendition of Crayola that, that was, day. That was that specific really good. Day. And he's got the Maracas. Guys are good ideas. And he also was complaining about around Crayola of getting hit by coins from the crowd. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And he said he was going to go out there and kick some ass. He was pissed. And uh, the white two-top woman a few rows ahead of us dancing to meet me in Memphis. And uh, that's a big moment in my life. <laughs> and Hud's life. Because <laughs> he could not believe like. I hadn't wrote, wrote this down already as one of my four moments. <laughs> He's right. It should be. And I hated that weekend. Oh, because you didn't go. Yes. You turned it down. And I got fired from my job. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I brought it up. If I'd gone, if I just said, screw you guys, I'm going to a concert, it would have been better than if I'd actually gone to work. <laughs> I don't remember getting asked. <laughs> what do you got, Wayne? Anything else, sir? Um, he doesn't want to give the rest of his. <laughs> now, the, uh, I don't know, it's, it's tough because I like uh, many, many renditions of uh, Part Looks at 40 at Pine Knob because mm-hmm. that's always, you know, it's kind of marks the year. There's another season when he plays that song. Again, I find out. But another one that stands out, too, was uh, at, uh, um, what's the other place? Meadowbrook. I saw him play at Meadowbrook. And uh, he played Stars Fell in Alabama. Yeah, and he closed the show with that. Stars on And uh, it was really cool. They had, like, all the lights up in the roof of the pavilion and stuff as for the stars. And it was really, it was really uh, pretty impressive. I liked it. So there you have it. <laughs> You're old. I am old. Yeah, these ones Who I mentioned. More? Mick definitely has more. Greg has more. Uh, my, my fourth one, and then I've got a bunch of runner-ups. 
is Volcano from the Music for Montserrat video that I actually saw on pay-per-view. I believe the performance was September 15th, 1997, and it was uh, just a memorable performance because it was a charity concert for Montserrat, which had been devastated by the eruption of the volcano, and the song Volcano is about that volcano on Montserrat, so it was uh, quite unique for Jimmy to have a chance to, to sing a song about that volcano. And it was, uh, it was uh, cool to see Jimmy singing along with Paul McCartney at the end of this show. And um, because I got it on pay-per-view, I was able to make an audio copy and put it up on my website. And it was uh, in part because of that audio clip that my site became rather popular. So I owe it all to that audio clip. Great. All right. Well, another, I guess another He's memorable. Another We've Buckeye been Lake. For him. What? Yeah. yeah. Well, Buckeye Lake. We're going back to Buckeye hey, Lake. Man. Can't get out of Buckeye Lake, this guy. Something about Buckeye Lake. Well, it was when he played Finns the second time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say the last time. I just don't ever remember being in a live performance for somebody playing two so two songs, two of the same songs twice. Wait, playing the same. That's four. Can you edit that? Do no, I don't, actually, I don't think I can. Switch that. Reverse it. <laughs> but playing the same song twice in the same night, just because some guy was running around with a blow-up plastic shark, and they start playing fins again. Not that I didn't mind, but... That they cheated you yeah, out of they another cheated song. Out of another cheated song. us out of another Which song. single was Cowboy in the Jungle? Yeah, I'm <laughs> positive it was Cowboy in the Jungle. And he went there because he missed the Pineapple show, and he right. played Cowboy in the Jungle. He just wanted to hear Cowboy so in the Jungle. All the way through a part of the time. reason he went to Buckeye Lake, we've been through this all I'm going to go see Cowboy in the Jungle. He's going to perform Cowboy in the Jungle. We're going to skip Cowboy in the Jungle. We're going to play Fins again. <laughs> because that guy with the inflatable shark. You're really you're kind of me. being you're being sadistic to yourself. <laughs> by it's not one of your favorite moments. Sadistic to yourself. <laughs> your favorite moments. Don't be so sadistic by, to yourself. That's why. <laughs> one of your favorite moments is not hearing Cowboy and Jungle the first time. Yeah. Really? If you factor out the common variables. It did get you down that's, to uh, Buckeye Lake. That's my number four. By the way, and that's what started me going to Buckeye Lake. <laughs> Hearing Cowboy in the Jungle for God, the first time. Okay, we have some runner-ups. I have one more after that. Oh, I I'm just going to go through all, all my runner-ups because just get them out of the way. My runner-up is uh, he went to Paris from the June 30th, 1989 show at the uh, Palace, and it was because um, Finger Solo was so silvery perfect that uh, Jimmy completely forgot the lyrics to the next verse. <laughs> and my honorable mentions, uh, the Abbey Road medley from 1996, which I loved. Ah, Being a Beatles right. fan, I loved hearing that. That was very cool. Um, pretty much all of the July 4th, 1987 concert, which was the first concert I recorded, perhaps the third concert I went to, but the first one I recorded, and it was an excellent concert. Um, all the Stumpo El Bandos from 1997, it was so great to hear Jimmy pull out all these really rare songs. And um, back in 1992, the Summer Overture. Hmm, boy, I remember. And I completely forgot about that until I was going through my set list site. But it struck a chord, so to speak. Hmm. Pardon the pun. That's cool. The only other one I had was when he played Take, Take It Back. 
uh, the Tonight Show, but Gary, Gary Shanlon. Gary Shanlin was was hosting it, so I I always liked that song. And, and like when Jimmy he played it, I was like, oh, that's pretty band. cool. It was one one of my runner ups. Well, we seem so exhausted. <laughs> we, we, it's time for our big finish. Da, da, da. Yeah, let's bring Scott back for uh, yeah, so we can join in. That's on the big Scott. Scott, we go. There we go. You might as well start untucking now. No, I, no. I prefer tucked. You are the woman, but this is the page. Really, am I? Yes. yes. I want you to be the woman. Be one with the woman? Yes. He wants you to be with a woman and him. Oh, my Lord. What did I have to say at the end? A young woman was so depressed that she decided to end her life by throwing herself into the lake. She went down to the docks and was about to leap into the frigid water when a handsome young sailor saw her tottering on the edge of the pier crying. He took pity on her and said, Look, you've got a lot to live for, at least two things anyway. I'm off to Europe in the morning via the St. Lawrence Seaway, and if you like, I can stow you away on my ship. I'll take good care of you and bring you food every day. Moving closer, he slipped his arm around her shoulder and added, I'll keep you happy, and you'll keep me happy. The girl nodded yes. After all, what did she have to lose? That night, under darkness, the sailor brought her aboard and hid her in a lifeboat. From then on, every night, he brought her a sandwich and fruit, and they made passionate love until dawn. Three weeks later, during a routine inspection, she was discovered by the captain. What are you doing in here? I have an arrangement with one of the sailors. I get food and a trip to Europe, and he's screwing me. He sure is, lady. This is the Lake Michigan Car Ferry. <laughs> that is funny. That's cute. That's, that's one of the best ones. That might be. I, I want to do Coast Deal work. That's so cute. He's screwing me. That's so cute. Thank you, guys. That was good. Good job. Next time, I'll have to do it again. All right. And with that... Let's blow this popsicle stand and go to Primetime Joe's. <laughs> yeah. Short summers, long days, hit the beaches, catch some rays. Hibernate until June, leave it up, it's gone too soon. When you live on the North Coast, to get to the best three months you gotta get through nine that's life on the north coast that's life 